Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. And that just sends the signal to Google that, hey, there's a lot of links coming to this skyscraper article from shorter, more concise articles on this web page. And as such, Google is going to know that that's your most important piece of content in that content cluster. And it's going to more favorably rank that piece of content. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me in the garage today is someone who's usually found on the running track, not the racetrack, because he's an ultra marathon runner. Welcome, Connor. When you're not doing ultra marathons, you're also the best wolf dog dad in the world. And what you were really here to talk about today, which is you are the founder of Bluebird Provisions Bone Broth. So is it, that's my first question. Is it Bluebird Provisions and, and you're, you've got a few more products in, in the works one day? Or is it uh, the Bluebird Provisions Bone Broth? How, how do you like to, to introduce the company? Hey, Lucas, happy to be here. So it is called Bluebird Provisions to not quite paint ourselves into a corner. At the moment, our products are bone broth, but we do have uh, large ambitions to scale that up into some you know, complementary but slightly different categories in the future. Uh, very, very good and smart as well. And I think that bone broth is a really interesting category because it's something that, well, now more and more people have heard of it, but it wasn't always necessarily a staple. So I think that with more and more people knowing about it and more and more people searching for it, hopefully they're searching for for Bluebird Provisions Bone Broth or Bluebird Bone Broth, but they might not. They might only be searching for bone broth or even bone broth recipes. And if you haven't guessed, that's what we're talking about, which is organic SEO for Shopify brands. And you started like like anyone else with, with no traffic and you've grown that to 50,000 uh, unique monthly visitors in in a year. So I'd love for you to share a few ways that you've been doing able to do this and getting into some pretty hardcore SEO strategies for those who who like like us want to just wet their teeth and can't get enough of it. I agree. SEO is incredibly important for any D2C or Shopify operated business. Now, particularly if you're a bootstrapped business and you don't have a lot of you know venture money or just a lot of resources to invest in paid acquisition, SEO is really going to be the lifeblood of your business as it is for me. Now, I, I think for the sake of this episode, we can maybe start start somewhat narrow and, and you know with some broad brushstrokes and strategies for people and zoom out or double click on things as they become interesting. So yeah, as you mentioned, we we kind of shifted our strategy. This was about a year and a half ago now to SEO and, and kind of just seeing if we can rank things. You keep hearing people say SEO is dead. And then uh, the real OGs of SEO just love when people say that because they'll keep doubling down. I, I naturally just started learning about SEO myself, trying it on our brand, joining Facebook groups, taking some courses, those types of things. I'm certainly not not the complete expert, but I feel like I've been able to kind of take SEO strategies from SaaS companies, software companies, even like the old affiliates that really know what they're doing and kind of apply it more to e-commerce for someone who is not overly technical. So maybe the the first thing to get into is some of like the basic structural website things, fundamentals, some of the on-page stuff. Now, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm not not technical. So definitely not someone who's going to recommend a lot of weird coding and that type of thing. So I think in terms of Shopify in particular, there's some apps that you can you can use just to kind of make sure you have some of the um 
some of the basics down and make sure your site's optimized for the right keywords that you're going to be going after. So Yoast for our example, it's, they're, they're a big WordPress SEO app. Yeah. Yeah. I used to use Yoast in my old blogging days on WordPress and now it's nice to see that it's, uh, they're on Shopify too. So Yoast is great. I've used two different ones. One of them's like, I don't even know how to say it. I'm going to butcher it. It's like JSON LD. I think, I think that one basically just makes sure that you, you have rich snippets and rich data that show up in search results. So mm-hmm. under some products, when you search for it in Google, there'll be like a star rating and sometimes there'll be a little a little image. Some of these apps, like the JSON one that we use, just ensures that your website format is submitted correctly into Google so that you're going to get some of those rich snippets, which is going to increase your click-through rate, conversion rate, all those kind of fun things. Mm-hmm. Now, the other quick app that we are using is SEO Manager. Obviously, not a not a paid endorsement. There's other ones that do similar things. Th- this kind of just creates a really easy template and checklist for you know your homepage, all your different pages, all your long form written content, your product pages. They just make it like so simple to make sure that you have the right keywords per page based on the goal that you're trying to rank for, and they'll kind of tell you. What, some places you need to put it, how to optimize a bit of your content in terms of title tags, meta tags with the website slug, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there, is there anything you have, uh, no. Lucas, before I start uh, yeah, rambling too much? I just, no, I think that's all great. I, I know that with, with Dawn and Online Store 2.0, there's a lot more opportunities for, for what you can put in in your store if you're doing a little bit more of the coding or working with your agency. But I think that what you hit on those meta fields, when you're building out your product page, your blog page and you can get that you know, snippet of hey this is what people will see on google uh, at a very minimum take some time to customize that because it'll pull in your your the start of your text by default and either to make sure keywords are in there but also so that it reads natural and if you have i can't remember let's call it a 240 or 280 character limit i think it might be 320 but whatever it is make sure it's not cutting off in the middle of a word or sentence because that sort of two or three sentences that you get makes people want to click through and and tell them a little bit more. No doubt. Yeah. And one quick thing to add is like, eventually you're going to want to have your Google Analytics set up and to look look at click-through ratios or click-through rates for these descriptions that are showing up in search results. If you're getting a bad click-through rate, try rewriting it, make it a little more enticing to to get the click. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's always the first first split test you should run is looking at it and saying, would I click this? Is this coherent to to me? In terms of, of other strategies that you, you've written down, see, my background is in SaaS and my first company, Vengage, we did a lot of SEO. So for me, it was almost second nature of, well, why wouldn't you start this way? But doing things like keyword research for low competition, high intent, content clusters, and the skyscraper technique, these are all tactics that you used and it sounds like you've been been doing. Do you want to talk, talk me through those strategies and tactics a little bit more so any listeners or viewers can really dig into them themselves? Sure. So the skyscraper technique is the idea that if there is a skyscraper in one part of the city, you just go ahead and build a, a, a taller or larger skyscraper. And the same thing applies to content. So if you see an all-encompassing everything you need to know about X keyword article in Google, the idea is that, hey, let's take everything from that article and just make it a little bit better. So make it a little bit longer, answer some of the questions that prospective Google searchers might have a little bit more concisely and better than the existing article that has the number one search result, add better images, add infographics, add quotes from experts, and just find ways to, to build upon that 
So the idea is that you're going to build a better skyscraper than the existing one. And eventually you are going to find a way to get that number one search result for that keyword. Now, what kind of goes along with that, that that a lot of SEO practitioners and strategists have been doing for a while, but it's getting more popular amongst the lay population is, is kind of the idea of a content cluster. Mm-hmm. So with that, you can, you have your skyscraper piece of content. So you have a massive piece of content. Maybe it's a 3000 word article, although it doesn't necessarily need to be that long, well-optimized, lots of pictures, infographics, those types of things. Now, now you need some accompanying pieces of written content or audio visual, those types of things. A lot of other different shorter articles that are almost going to complement this skyscraper piece of content. And that's that's called the content cluster strategy. And it's a cluster because you need some other content to accompany this skyscraper piece of content. And the idea is that you are sending inbound links from these accompanying pieces of content to your skyscraper content. And what that does is that tells... Just to give a quick example, maybe you have a a piece on on bone broth and all the different ways that you can cook and it's a gazillion words long. And maybe you you have something else on ranking cast iron Dutch ovens from cheapest to premium. And then now it's all that is linking from cooking bone broth in cast iron Dutch ovens to that main skyscraper article. That's right. Yeah. And that just sends the signal to Google that, hey, there's a lot of links coming to this skyscraper article from shorter, more concise articles on this web page. And as such, Google is going to know that that's your most important piece of content in that content cluster. And it's going to more favorably rank that piece of content as opposed to other pieces of content in your website or store. Mm-hmm. So where do you host a lot of this content? Because I am on your your website. And is that down in, in the, the blog? Where do you typically host a lot of this content? Yeah, our, ours is almost exclusively on the blog. We do have some okay. built out custom pages that for some pieces of content, but, but most of it you're going to find on our blog. So for example, a strategy I've been using in the last couple of months is to go after more middle middle funnel, higher buyer or purchase intent keywords as mm-hmm. opposed to the top of the funnel, uh, maybe lower intent uh, search terms. So for example, like a mid funnel strategy that we're using is we we are writing comparison articles between Bluebird Provisions, my brand, and some of our competitors. So there's a couple things with that. It generally signals fairly high purchase intent because it is a branded search. So So for example, we have competitors that we will write comparison articles between brand X, which is usually a larger company than we are, and Bluebird Provisions. So it can be a simple brand X versus Bluebird Provisions, or it can, can be brand X bone broth review. And these are just great ways to kind of punch above your weight and almost like hijack some of the, the ranking that the more popular brand is getting in, in search. And uh, you know, as we mentioned, they're generally higher intent searchers. So that means they're more likely to, or they're more equipped to make a purchasing decision at the time of their search. Oh, and that'll really? increase your conversion rate and just allow you to take advantage of not a whole lot of traffic. You don't need a ton of traffic on these articles because the intent's so high. Oh, wow. I really like them. I've been scrolling through the through the blog just now, which is, which is nice. And I think that we could really dig deep into some SEO strategy here all day long. But the last item that we have here is on the the backlinks and just different ways to get them. So for those who, who don't know, a lot of SEO 
starts on your homepage or on your, your website, not just your homepage. And so that's really the first step. But by getting links to it, it tells Google that, hey, this is a good piece of content you should show a little bit higher. It's sort of like your bibliography on your school paper saying this is the credible source where this information came from. It could be with infographics that link back. It could also be through a number of different ways. They're hard to get links. So why don't you tell us a little bit of a couple strategies that you're using to gain backlinks? Yeah, this is, this is a tricky one. A lot of people don't don't like to do this, myself included, because it involves a lot of sometimes a lot of outreach, a lot of cold emails, those types of things. Mm-hmm. One of the the services that makes it a, a little bit easier to kind of get a little more uh, targeted and actionable with your link building and, and outreach is uh, using Haro. So mm-hmm. Haro stands for help a reporter out. I think it's just Haro.com or, or something like that. Now, basically what this is, it's a lot of journalists looking for expert sources and quotes on articles they're writing. So, you know, journalists are churning out lots of articles every day. So they need quick sources who can provide quick soundbite quotes and they'll have these pitches. So you sign up for Haro. I think you get pitches like three times a day now based on the industry you work in and what you think you're an expert in. Now it takes it takes some time. You got to kind of craft your pitches. You got to be scanning it once or three times a day. Take some time to write write these pitches to the journalists. A lot of people see maybe like a ten to fifteen percent hit rate on on some of their you know, outreach to these journalists. A lot of the times you won't hear back. So it's pretty hit and miss. But if you take your time and, and really be an expert and and be be helpful and just provide good content to these journalists, then they will publish your name, maybe your brand name in their article. And a lot of times they will link back with do follow links. Which is, which is huge. And if there are any terms that may have come up that you don't know, like do follow link, like link juice or, or content cluster, there are so many resources out there to dig into more, but really SEO and organic really is the gift that keeps giving Connor, where can people find you? If people want to try some of your, your bone broth, where can people find bluebird provisions? Whereabouts are you? Sure thing. You can find us online at bluebirdprovisions.co. If you're interested in trying some, you can get 10% off using the coupon code Lucas, all lowercase. Uh-oh. Now, now, now I've got to drive some sales there. So make sure you use promo code Lucas, all lowercase, although it's on Shopify, so it shouldn't matter. Put it in lowercase to make sure that it's safe. And if you enjoyed this episode, want to hear a little bit more, including how to get 40% more of your revenue using email, which again is you're not really paying for, make sure you're subscribed. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.